Welcome. This is an audio recording of the World Affairs Council of Dallas-Fort Worth. I'm Jim Falk, President of the Council. The Council is a non-profit membership organization dedicated to engaging the public in an exploration of global issues and foreign affairs, and we produce over 80 public events each year. To learn more about us or to become a member, visit dfwworld.org. This podcast is made possible through the generous support of Haynes & Boone, LLP. We hope you enjoy it. Hello, everyone. Sorry to interrupt your lunch. Hi, I'm Stacey Adams, the Director of External Affairs with the Crow Collection of Asian Arts. And it is my honor to introduce you today to Clement Gong, the Hong Kong Commissioner of the United States. We're thrilled that he's joining us. Um, Mr. Lung was recently appointed to his position. In fact, it was just last week he was appointed to his new role in Washington, D.C. He's had a long career in the Hong Kong Administrative Office. He has worked in food safety, financial services, and trade, and notably worked on bilateral trade relations between the U.S. and mainland China. Hong Kong is an incredibly important partner to North Texas. And I know we're all looking forward to hearing Mr. Lung's insights into the economic landscape of Hong Kong, China, and the Asia region. Please join me in welcoming Clement Lung, Hong Kong Commissioner of the United States. Thank you, Daisy, for Stacy, for the uh, introduction. Um, This is my first visit to Dallas. And uh, also, this is my first visit to Texas. Um, I know that this is a crime, um, but I uh, have uh, told my colleagues that I should uh, try to make it uh, to visit uh, Texas and Dallas uh, uh, as soon as possible. So here I am, uh, my second week, actually my number eight day, the eighth day of my uh, office. So I'm very happy to be here. And of course, thank you very much for uh, to the World Affairs Council of Dallas, Fort Worth and the Dallas Regional Chamber for giving me the opportunity to talk about Hong Kong and how Texas companies can benefit from the strong relations with us. I would like to report that Hong Kong is flourishing with a very successful implementation of one country, two systems. Hong Kong people enjoy a high degree of autonomy while preserving our unique identity. Our laws and economic and monetary policies remain separate and distinct from those of the mainland of China. And Hong Kong people maintain our way of life and cherish civil liberties such as the freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom of assembly, and our press is ferociously free. Uh, all these are underpinned by the rule of law and the English common law system and an independent judiciary. At the same time, one country, two systems enable Hong Kong to capture the opportunities in China that emerge at different stages of its opening up. This makes Hong Kong the most Chinese international city and the most international Chinese city. Last year, our economy is doing well despite uh, a slowdown in the uh, global economy. Uh, The robust growth in the mainland and the regional economies has helped. And also our uh, economy, our real GDP is um, for last year's is forecast to be a 3% growth. Our labor market is in a stage of full employment with the jobless rate of 3.2% only. I heard people in the United States government said uh, they will kill for this number. 
Um, Hong Kong has long been known as a place where the East meets the West. Uh, this is not just uh, culturally, but commercially as well. Uh, we see ourselves as playing the important role of bridging the US and Asian economies. Our position at the heart of a rapidly developing East Asia gives us the economic and strategic importance out of proportion to our size. Many American companies recognize this strategic role, which is why the U.S. maintains a significant commercial presence uh, in Hong Kong. The numbers speak for themselves. Uh, the U.S. is one of the largest source of operations in Hong Kong with over 1,300 companies. Uh, many tax, Texas companies have a presence in Hong Kong, such as Dell, American Airlines, Mer Mary Kay, ExxonMobil, Kimberly Clark, and AT&T. Such companies look beyond Hong Kong's domestic market and utilize the cities for their, their regional operation to serve the Asia-Pacific market, particularly the mainland. Within five hours flight distance, you will be able to reach half of the world's population. Hong Kong is an attractive export market for the U.S. as well. Uh, which is our second largest trading partner after the mainland. Despite our small size, we were the number nine market for U.S. exports in 2013. And last year, we bought 42 billion U.S. dollars of goods made in America, which is up 13% uh, from 2012. Hong Kong is also a significant consu consumer of exports from the Lone Star State, in 2013, taxes export, exported 1.7 billion of goods to Hong Kong. And top exports include computers, electronics, chemicals, and food uh, substances. And in facilitating closer Hong Kong-Texas ties, uh, American Airlines just announced it's, that it will launch its June non-stop service from Dallas-Fort Worth to Hong Kong. This is extremely good news and it will no doubt bring more visitors uh, from Hong Kong to Texas and vice versa. While U.S. companies have long benefited from Hong Kong's domestic, domestic consumers, a relatively new and lucrative consumer market has caught their attention. Um, that is the mainland tourists. Last year, Hong Kong welcomed over 54 million visitors to Hong Kong more than seven times and close to eight times our population and 75% of these visitors are from the mainland of China. For mainland visitors, Hong Kong serves as a shop window uh, displaying a variety of premier overseas brands including American luxury goods. Our city has become an ideal showroom for overseas companies including American companies to raise their profile of the goods to an increasing affluent and brand-conscious mainland middle class. Another factor contributed to Hong Kong's resilience and its attractiveness for overseas firms. Uh, first, we are very strong believers in free trade. I think there are a lot of fans of free trade in this state. And for 20 consecutive years, Hong Kong has been ranked as the world's freest economy by the Heritage Foundation and the Wall Street Journal. Businesses are also attracted to our low and simple taxation regime. 60%, uh, 60% of the, our working population does not pay a cent of salary tax. 
and salaries tax is capped at 15%, percent one one five, right? For the top income bracket, and profits tax is charged at the flat rate of 16.5%. percent, and that that's it. And there is no capital gains tax, uh, no inheritance tax, no value-added tax, um, no withholding on dividend or interest. Uh, every time when I said this, I can hear whispers from the audience saying that uh, they want to be a Hong Kong taxpayer. But as Americans, you have your bills to pay. <laughs> um, we also retain our own fully convertible currency, that is the Hong Kong dollar, which is packed and linked to the U.S. dollar since 1983, and that actually is the backdrop of our monetary stability for over 30 years. And it is um, um, particularly important for our innovative friends in Texas that Hong Kong has a very robust intellectual property regime, which is backed up by uh, robust and vigorous laws and enforcement. And we have a large pool of experienced bilingual professionals who provide a wide range of IP services. Recently, Hong Kong has been positioning ourselves as a front runner in the trading of IP rights, with an emphasis on design and creativity. This is one reason why Hong Kong ranks as the best place for innovation in Asia, according to the latest Global Innovation Index. And our spirited entrepreneurship and rule of law explains why Forbes magazine last year ranked Hong Kong as the world's top tech capital to watch. Our efficient uh, infrastructure has allowed Hong Kong to become the world's busiest international air cargo hub and one of the busiest um, uh, uh, container ports. And to ensure our long-term term competitiveness, we are undertaking a number of large-scale infrastructure projects including an express rail line that that connects to the um, mainland's high-speed national rail networks. And a few days ago, uh, Vice President Biden mentioned Hong Kong International Airport when he compares with uh, LaGuardia Airport in New York. And of course, we are not comparing ourselves with LaGuardia normally, and we are positioning ourselves at the premium air, car air cargo hub and passenger hub there, and we are putting in additional investment, which we are planning to build a third runway uh, in Hong Kong. This long-term planning is very important for Hong Kong to stay ahead of the game in an increasingly competitive world. Um, nowhere in the world is changing as rapidly as it is in Asia, particularly the mainland of China. And Hong Kong is the best place to capitalize on the potential in, in the mainland. Uh, Hong Kong, um, although we are very small, uh, we are the largest external investor in the mainland, accounting for 47% or $657 billion US dollars of total direct investment. And in return, mainland entities provide the largest source of external direct investment in our city. Hong Kong has unparalleled connectivity to the mainland market from decades, our decades of doing business uh, with the mainland at different stage of its economic liberalization. And this makes Hong Kong an ideal base for Texas companies wishing to establish or expand operation in the city with an eye on the greater China region. Um, the liberalization 
of the mainland currency, the RMB, is one of the most significant developments in global finance. Hong Kong's stable and transparent financial system makes the city an ideal testing ground for developing and promoting offshore RMB business. Hong Kong is the earliest and has the most important offshore location to offer banking services for direct investment, capital raising and trade settlement in RMB. Due to the lower cost of raising RMB financing in Hong Kong, leading US multinationals such as McDonald's and Caterpillar have been quick to seize this opportunity to raise RMB capital in our city to finance their operation in the mainland. RMB business and services represent a significant opportunity for our financial services sector and our American partners. It is another area where companies and financial institutions can leverage Hong Kong's experience to sharpen their competitive edge. Of course, one of Texas' uh, strength is its very diverse startup community. Hong Kong recognized that economies such as ours need fresh drivers to generate economic growth, create new jobs, and innovate. Last year, our investment promotion agency, Invest Hong Kong, launched the Smart Me Up Hong Kong Venture Program, which aims to support the growth of venture programs uh, in the city by facilitating access to financial and intellectual uh, capital. Uh, the program featured a global competition for innovative entrepreneurs. Among the uh, 380 entries from 40 countries, 50 were from um, the US, including Dallas' own Hanson Robotics. Uh, after round, rounds of judging, Hanson Robotics went on to beat nine other finalists to win one of three grand awards and receive free professional service and office space for one year in Hong Kong. Texas startup should seize the opportunity and come to Hong Kong to explore the Asian market and venture investors can consider setting up operations in our city to raise funding for investing in early to growth stage companies in the, in the mainland and in the region. Uh, last but not least, we have emerged as a leading center for legal services and dispute resolution in the Asia-Pacific region. Uh, arbitral awards made in Hong Kong could be enforced in more than 140 jurisdictions, including the mainland. Uh, more companies, including those from the US, are now taking their disputes in the mainland or overseas to Hong Kong to utilize our mediation and arbitration services, even though the cases has no connection uh, to the city. Our practice of the English common law system, uh, abundant supply of legal experts, and geographical location are some of the key reasons why uh, these companies have chosen Hong Kong. I hope by now you are thinking about how um, Hong Kong can fit into your overall uh, business strategy. Uh, this is where our offices comes in, and I'm of course uh, based in the headquarters in Washington DC, and uh, we have uh, offices uh, in San Francisco and New York. And uh, just tell us what you have in mind, and we will be off offering our help to you, whether it is about establishing an office or expanding operations in Hong Kong. 
for those of you who would like more information of doing business in Hong Kong, um, the director of our San Francisco office, Sabina, uh, and our deputy director, CT, please, please stand and so that the audience can, can see you. Um, they are more than happy uh, to assist you. And of course, um, I cannot say that we, have, we are in for a home run uh, every day. Um, we do have challenges. Um, our economy is exposed to external risks and, and uncertainties. So we are watching uh, this QE tapering uh, very carefully. We have uh, friendly rivals in, uh, in the mainland and elsewhere in Asia who is very eager to um, take over our position. Um, our working population is aging and start to decline in the year 2018. Uh, the business community there is concerned about increasing cost of doing business and our air quality. Um, there is growing concern uh, on the widening gap between the poor and the rich and uh, public policy decision making is much less efficient than it used to be because more time is now having to spend on consultation, public engagement and consensus building. But we see these as strengths rather than weaknesses and uh, instead of sweeping these challenges uh, under the carpet uh, we are uh, grabbing hold of this issue, staring them in the face, and deal with them directly. So as we aspire to become the most powerful international business city in the Asian time zone, I would like to, you to remember three points when you leave this room. First, Hong Kong is not just relevant, but important to business in Texas, to, to, tax, to business in Texas and America. Second, Hong Kong is a great place to do business. And third, Hong Kong is an excellent platform for American companies to launch their operations and investment in the greater China region and in the Asia-Pacific region. And on this note, I conclude my presentation. Thank you very much for your patience. Thank you very much. We have some questions from the floor, and thank you, Rachel. If you'll wait for a microphone. Do we have a question? Let me ask one right the, the start. How many tourists are now going to Hong Kong from Texas? Do you know the... Well, I must admit that um, um, the traffic from uh, Asia region is much stronger mm -hmm. than um, that from the U.S. Um, of course, um, uh, we see a, a small decline in the number of visits uh, from the United States because of flight capacity. Um, I think as a business strategy, a lot of the airlines like uh, Cafe Pacific are loading, uh, are paying more attention to the front end of the aircraft. Uh, they have something like 10 first class seats and a big um, business class, uh, and take, they take up a lot of, of space, and they're now developing like premium economy. Mm -hmm. uh, what they're saying is that uh, if um, they fill up one space in the front cabin, it equals to 10 spaces at the back. So it makes sense economically. But I think we are seeing, of course, fewer people are coming, but uh, they are, uh, in terms of the economic benefit, they're business well, travelers. The reason I asked, I was trying to get a sense yes. of the baseline, because once we start to direct flight, it'll uh -huh. be very interesting to see if, how much that grows. We, we hope that it will be coming we back. We do too. Yes. <laughs> and of course, we are lobbying very hard in Washington, D.C. for visa-free treatment. 
um, to, to the United States because uh, the visa refusal rate for our applicants to the U.S. is very low, and with a jobless rate of three top three point two percent, who would want to stay in America as a black labor sort of black market laborer? And uh, so we're telling the people in Washington D.C. that the immigration risk is extremely low, and of course it's a hassle to try to get a visa. Yeah, do we need a visa to go to Hong Kong? No, we don't need to. No. Um, that is good reciprocal arrangement. And with the uh, American Airlines flight, uh, direct flight from Dallas to Hong Kong, we hope that it will increase uh, traffic between these two places. And of course, uh, uh, Cato Institute did, a, did, did an estimate. Uh, we have something like 130,000 uh, visitors from U.S. now, and we are th um, and they are estimating that the number will double. Uh, if we have visa-free uh, access uh, to the United States. Well, if you can get anything done on immigration, uh, congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get some questions. Yes, sir. I was wondering that you are going to build a third runway. Yes. There's no inch left in Hong Kong. The question was, is how are you going to build a third runway if there's not any space left? Well, um, we are going to, uh, we're planning to reclaim, because the, the whole airport island it's formerly an island, and we are building, uh, reclaiming the land space around the island. Of course, engineering-wise, this will be very challenging because uh, we use up basically all the shallow water, and it will be become a, a deep water reclamation. And of course, uh, we, as I said uh, earlier, as one of our challenges, um, we are now becoming a more full focus on. Uh, developing consensus among the population. As you can see, when we are reclaiming the, uh, from the sea, uh, we get a number of environmental groups who will be very concerned about uh, the effect of reclamation on the pink dolphins, uh, which is uh, having a habitat around that sea area. Uh, we'll, they will be concerned about noise, aircraft noise. They will be concerned about air quality. So we are now doing a, an environmental assessment of the impact on the environment for the third one day. But uh, it's, it's crazy. I mean, when we build this new airport, we used to have a one-one-one-way at Kaita Airport. When you land it, you feel yourself being able to touch the rooftop of people's apartments. But now we have two runways with independent aircraft movement, but suddenly find that, uh, that, uh, that the space uh, and the uh, landing slot could fill up very quickly. And that's why we have to plan for uh, 2030. Uh, to have a new new one bay. Um, just like it, fill, the yeah, fill up the water, but uh, do it in a way that is environmentally friendly and uh, try to plan the fire path to make sure that uh, people can sleep at night. You know, that's one thing I was wondering. Just we hear so much about Dubai and Abu Dhabi and how competitive their airports are going to be. I mean, I think at some point you're really going to see competition between your airport and those in the Middle East. That's why we are not comparing ourselves with LaGuardia. <laughs> <laughs> that was a tough statement that uh, Vice President Biden made last week. Carmel. Commissioner Lung, can you give us a brief history of the G and GDP growth rates, perhaps before the uh, integration of Hong Kong into the mainland and uh, over the, over the right. decades? And then in the last couple of years. Right. I think, uh, like all uh, matured economies, I think Hong Kong is a very, very matured economy. Um, um, uh, our 
growth cannot be compared with that of China, which is uh, double-digit uh, in the previous de- decade and now 7 or 8 percent uh, now. For Hong Kong, um, I think the uh, trend growth rate for GDP is something like 4 percent or 4.5 percent around that uh, region. And we can uh, get, but, but of course we, we get uh, external shocks as, as uh, eventually have um, um, a full flavor of the recession caused by the downfall of Lehman Brothers and the subprime uh, crisis. We have external shocks caused by the Asian financial uh, crisis around 1998. Um, uh, of course, that has nothing to do with the transition, uh, and that we have uh, the impact from external sources. Uh, this year, the uh, 3% growth that we have on in uh, 2013 is lower than the trend growth rate that we normally enjoy. But hopefully, uh, in the next couple of years, we will be able to pick up further from that. Uh, because uh, from our ob- observation, I think the American economy is doing fine. Uh, and uh, we think uh, that you will be uh, growing again. And of course, uh, we are still not sure about Europe and not so sure about Japan as well. But if uh, uh, the two, the twin engine, um, our two largest trading partners, that is the US and the uh, mainland of China, China, if both are doing well, then I think uh, we would be in for another uh, good year in 2014. Thank you. Could you comment on the impact of the Trans-Pacific Partnership? Um, I think it would be, we hope uh, there was um, a suggestion um, that, uh, they, I think that the target has slipped a bit. I think they, um, the U.S. government wants to conclude the treaty uh, this year, but uh, that has slipped a lot. Um, I think um, um, uh, this would be a good thing for Hong Kong and for the U.S. because I think for Hong Kong we are externally focused and we live on free trade and we do not afraid of, we are not afraid of competition. So the freer um, that the world trade has become, uh, the more opportunities for Hong Kong. Hong Kong used to support uh, the multilateral uh, liberalization, trade liberalization in Geneva. But of course we understand that it is extremely difficult to get all members of the WTO to agree on the Doha round and to a very ambitious uh, uh, free trade agreement. So are you part, I should know, but are you part of these negotiations? We, we have not uh, joined uh, the negotiation. We are not yet party to that, uh, but we are watching that very carefully because um, um, this is a pluralistic regime because um, um, the people who are, who are willing to join will be able to participate. But uh, for the beginning, Hong Kong did not take part in the negotiation because our priority uh, now, because we, we did one free trade agreement with the mainland of China already. And our next target is to uh, conclude a free trade agreement with the ASEAN countries. Uh, joining the 1 plus 10, the China-ASEAN uh, free trade agreement. That is the top priority of Hong Kong. And we figured out that we could not, because we are only a small government, we cannot dissipate our efforts. So our priority is to get ASEAN done first. Uh, and uh, we will be hopefully be able to join the Trans-Pacific uh, uh, Partnership uh, when uh, they have uh, achieved a more matured uh, package, uh, finalizing the package. So that that is our aim. Okay, good. Any other questions or comments? One right here. Any others? So I can see. All right. Good. Okay. Yeah, one question on the 
foreign policy issues. So um, I wonder if Hong Kong has taken an official position regarding the recent territorial disputes between China and Japan mm-hmm. or the escalation of such disputes and also between China and Vietnam and some other members of our yeah, ASEAN countries. Right. Um, That's an easy question to conclude on, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, of course, um, um, one country, two systems, okay? Um, our portfolio covers trade, economics, and um, the one of, part of the deal of, of one country, two systems is that uh, matters of sovereign, sovereign issues, like defense and foreign affairs, is uh, uh, the, the not, not belonging to our jurisdiction. It's something that the central government deals with. And of course, um, uh, of course, we are among friends, and I can say a few things about it personally. I mean, for, for Hong Kong, uh, stability is key. I mean, with uh, stability, I think uh, it is the basis on which our businesses can thrive. And we very much hope that uh, the world's number two and number three economy uh, is able to have a um, cordial relationship. Um, as far as I can see, um, the Chinese government is trying to contain uh, the kind of damage uh, to or to contain the, the dispute uh, so that uh, uh, they deal with it maturely. Uh, in the political area, they have bombarded the Japanese Prime Minister so personally, right? But on the other hand, um, um, I think the uh, Beijing government is trying to lobby and to maintain a close relationship uh, with, with the rest of Japan, uh, particularly the uh, uh, Japanese business community. Um, I've heard that uh, some Japanese companies are worried about their investment in the mainland of China are now, and are now looking at uh, more op- opportunities in the ASEAN countries. This is, will be a very unfortunate thing. Uh, but, but for Hong Kong, uh, we are looking at it uh, in a very professional manner and our uh, economic and trade offices in Japan are still continuing to promote Hong Kong as the base uh, for doing uh, business uh, as the conduit for Japanese companies to invest in the mainland of China and for Chinese companies to use Hong Kong as the base for doing uh, or, to, or to make investment uh, in Japan. I think the trade flows are still very healthy and uh, personally we hope that uh, this territorial dispute uh, will be uh, kept at a sort of professional level and hopefully that will not affect uh, our businesses and investment. Thank you very much, Chairman. Thank you. Thank you. For more information about the World Affairs Council of Dallas-Fort Worth, visit them on the web at www.dfwworld.org.